0: If you want to be a premier cop, then you need to learn from the premier police training company in the land. Of course, I'm talking about Street Cop Training. They've got dozens of instructors out in the field right now sharing their expertise in narcotics, interdiction, report writing, first aid, mental health, case law, and just quality police work. And those aren't even all the topics. There's literally something for everybody. I've attended several classes myself, and I can tell you that these folks cannot miss. Dennis Benino, the owner, is doing massive things for the world of law enforcement at a time when everyone else seems to be running away from it. Street Cop Training is literally the best in the business. Check out their private Instagram and join their law enforcement-only Facebook group to get free trainings, and then check out upcoming in-person and on-demand trainings at streetcop.com. You will not. Be disappointed.
1: The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department.
2: This week on the 108 podcast, Unfuck
0: Your Body with Erica Gaines.
3: You know, you matter, you matter. Can, can I have this day off? No, you can't. Dude, that's not fucking safe. That's not normal.
0: They're gonna hit me. Sure enough, something hit going probably 60 miles an hour.
3: You're trying to normalize your experience, and you don't have a normal experience. I think that it would be really cool to flesh out the concept of police officers doing tours, just like the military does. I almost committed suicide. You saved me. bitching about no one calling you on the podcast no more in this last episode, so I figured I'd uh, reach out and say what's up. Good to hear that you're kind of settling into your new role over there. Looking forward to some more
0: episodes. I think January being a mental health month is a uh, big thing. Bring a little bit more awareness to it, because uh, Lord knows in law enforcement, Uh it's a big topic that no one really wants to
3: talk about. Anyways, bud, be safe down there in Florida. Hope it's nice and warm, and
0: uh, see you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome. It's episode 216 of the 108 Podcast. I'm your host. I am your spirit guide as we go into the wonderful world of police podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on this Thursday evening, or Friday morning, or Monday, or whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for taking a little bit over an hour of your time of your day, of your life, and spending it with me and my guest. My guest today is Erica Gaines. Erica Gaines runs Tac Mobility. If you've never heard of Tac Mobility, you are in for such a, a treat. Last year, we had Erica on and she was uh, joining me with my friend Rich, who we talked about PTSD. We tra- talked about um, kind of Delving and, and like taking care of yourself. But today we're going to take that and we're going to go a little bit deeper and we're talking about unfucking your body. And I, I chose such a brash title for today and, and kind of an idea for our topic because I have a hard time picturing a police officer. That's a lot of P's right there. And not thinking of someone whose body is just wrecked from top to bottom, top of the head, bottom of the toes. There are things wrong with police officers. In your brain, that's kind of what we've been talking about most of this month. But also, you know, your head, they hurt, you get tension headaches, you get migraines. Then, you know, you go down to your neck and your back and you got a herniated disc. I've got a couple in my back right now. And we're not even talking if you get injured, like real injuries, like broken backs, broken arms, broken legs. Um, then, you know, your hips are going to be all messed up from the belt. Just our bodies are so messed up. So, uh, Erica's tech mobility focuses a lot on the physical resiliency, also mental resiliency, but a lot of physical. And I wanted her to kind of talk to us about physical resiliency, but we, we talked about so much more and I can't wait to share that with you guys in just a few moments. So I hope you guys are excited for it. I definitely am. We're going to talk about so many different things today just to give you an idea of what is coming up. We talk about how our jobs are not safe, of course, that's that's just plain knowledge, right? But we need to stop normalizing that fact. I think, you know, there is a level of acceptance. Uh, if you go back to my episode uh, around New Year's with Ben Uh, We talk, you know, I I told him that why I left the job, I was like, oh, well, you know, people shooting at us, man. And he's like, is that, is that like a new thing for you? And it's not, it's not. Obviously I knew that going into it, but it was a new realization and it's not new to anybody. I understand that, but I think, you know, we need to be honest with ourselves that yes, what we are doing is not safe and that affects us. It does. Like, you know, you you think about it. Um, I was actually just talking to Red Gun Squad today about it. I was involved in an incident and the propensity for violence was super high. And my supervisor at the time told me and told the entire crew that was dealing with it, said, be prepared to lose your life tonight. And, and this was it wasn't like we were preparing for battle. Well, we were in theory. Um, no, we were we were going to handle what we needed to handle and like I said, there was a high chance for violence and he's like, There's a good chance you're gonna leave it on the field And that was scary. Definitely was. Um and, and Red Gun Squad when I told him that he goes, We're psychopaths. Who would hear that? Like, hey you know and, and and that that can be applied to the military. That can be applied to the fire department. I mean you think about like nine eleven, I mean they knew when they were going in those buildings. Eventually, they weren't coming out. Um, so yeah, so we we need to stop normalizing. Yeah, like, eh, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Come on, guys, it's a very big deal to put ourselves through what we put ourselves through. It's absolutely insane. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna talk about a couple other things. She really, a couple of the things she talked about really hit me just right absolutely amazing she's such an amazing person um and i can't wait to share it with you guys before we just get uh, into it which we're gonna go right into it um i want to thank my buddy from houston who who dropped uh dropped the voicemail with us today uh no one's really doing the voicemail but it's here if you want it so i'm gonna drop the jingle one more time if i don't get a jingle or if i don't get you guys to give me a jangle from the jingle i'm just gonna cut that part out of the show no big deal but um I'm always here if you guys want to chat. So here's the number one more time. Call me if you want. If not, no big deal. The 10 a podcast is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Just kidding. But the 10 a podcast is made possible because of people like you taking about an hour of your week out and listening to me. And I love nothing more than hearing from you. So what I want you to do is call because this is an audio podcast and text messages just don't work the same. Call the 10 a podcast and I will play your voice clip on my show you can literally call about anything. It could be a question. It could be a complaint. It could be a grievance. It could be a gripe. It could be a bitch. It could be a moan. Don't be a moan. That would that would be weird. Um, but yes, I want you to call and I want to share it to the masses. So please give me a call. 352-610-1692. Again, that's 352-610-1692. Save that in your phone. It does not go to my phone. It goes to a voicemail and I will play your voice on my show. All right, let's get back into it. So that's the number. Call me if you want. I love when you guys kind of give me some insights or questions or whatever. I try to, like, preview my my guests ahead of time to, if anyone has specific questions. No one really had any for Erica. Uh, so, I mean, it is what it is. So, actually, now that I think about it, I kind of missed a couple of those. That's okay. Um, so... All that being said, we're going to go into our episode, our interview with Erica, and I will talk to you guys on the other side of the interview. Check it out.
1: What it look like out. trying to show these liggas, man. It's That street fan. Man. We <laughs> read that. <song>. <laughs> yeah. I'm with a hundred and one niggas. We Dalmatian doggy beat and fly with the tongue. So if you feel a frog, we leave Kermit better think before you rip it, Don't be murdered over your song before you ad it I pop up like a zibbit, but give it, I'm at your crivers. Not to put no fucking fish tanks in your civic. Fuck getting your ride pimp, you'll get hard tied with. Have you in the trunk curled up like fried shrimp? It's been a good year, maybe I should ride with lemon, Cause your boy just stay above the game. They tryna tag him all right here we are
0: we are back be and be joining stadium, me I'm is a good friend of mine we've got erica Gaines with tac mobility how are you i'm dandy perfect so <laughs> glad to have you back on it's been uh, a couple months since we last chatted on here
3: was that when it was yeah, i feel like it was like a year
0: it was close to a year. Uh, I'll have to look, but I thought it was like in the spring or like the early spring, maybe. Okay. But nevertheless, we are here now. And I'm so happy you're here because we're going to talk about, you know, we cops and we first responders, our bodies are very important to us. They're basically our jobs. Um but we don't take care of it. You could have fooled me by how the fuck you take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's why this conversation is going to be so important and I need to learn some lessons. So I'm going to be student number one today, but before we get into it, go ahead. And for everyone who is unfamiliar with you, go ahead and introduce yourself, introduce tech mobility, and we'll go from there.
3: Thanks. Um, well, yeah, TAC Mobility is a it's a law enforcement resiliency and recovery training organization. Um, and I'm Erica Gaines and I'm the founder. Um yeah, we um we have a pretty big social media presence and our whole focus is to help officers just become aware of what stress symptoms look like, mm-hmm. right? You guys hear about oh mental health and like the suicide rates are really high but if you don't know what you're looking out for then like how useful is that so right we want to show up just to kind of normalize your guys's experience help remind you of the reasons why you need to take care of your body and then also show you how to take care of your body
0: yeah. um yeah Absolutely. All those things are important. <clears throat> and I've said it before, when I, when I talk to people who are experts in their field, when we talk about stress when we talk about wellness and just being better to ourselves, um, it's so easy for cops, but it's any group of people to hear one, maybe fallacy. I don't want to say a full blown lie, but a fallacy or some inaccuracy. And then it spreads like wildfire and before, you know, it's all over social media. Like all these cop groups are posting the same thing. It's like, whoa. So hopefully, you know, w- when you're saying about social, um, mental health and suicide and everything, hopefully we can talk about that a little bit. We can kind of debunk a couple myths that are out there. Cause we were talking before we press record. And I think everyone's going to be very interested to hear about that. And, um, then yeah, we can talk about how to take care of ourselves, how to be better to our bodies, because, you know, my dad always said, this is the only one you got, so, you know, take care of it. <laughs> um, okay. So, Let's start with the fact that we were talking about that wellness is no longer really, and mental wellness specifically, is really no longer a taboo topic to talk about in law enforcement.
3: It's not, which I, okay, so I have, I have very mixed feelings on this. Okay. So I, I fucking love that mental health and like wellness is at what seems to be the top of everyone's priority list. But what I find very interesting is that there are several departments that exist that are still committed to narcissism and toxic work environments, but are like, we super care. Like, yeah, we want to like lower suicide. And we want to like, you know, you matter, you matter. Can, can I have this day off? No, you can't like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes. There are so many leaders and organizations out there that are going to say that, Oh, we care about your mental health. We care about your, but they won't give someone a mental health day. You know, like if someone says like, hey, boss, I'm just not feeling it today. OK, you got a doctor's note or did you see the city nurse? Like, I don't need all that. And it, that that part is frustrating. Absolutely. But I feel like I feel like that's more of a cultural thing that needs to be changed, like from all the way at the top. But what I have noticed is that from the bottom, things seem to be more vocal. You know, I think I think cops on cops. Is starting to really like the peer support is, is higher than ever. I think.
3: Yeah. I think that it's important because I think it's becoming more commonplace because so many people are at this tipping point of like extreme burnout that it's Mm -hmm. almost being like, everyone is just forced to talk about this, which is really interesting because like, I think that that's how any people group or community works. Like if you're feeling, um, if if you're not, if there's no focus on you, if you're unsupported, if you're under-resourced, there's only so much time that can go by before you just really start, like, things become unmanageable and uncontrollable, and that becomes, like, the topic that everybody's talking about. And I feel like that's where law enforcement is, is, like, you can't ignore it anymore. There's too many people that don't give a yeah. shit about work. There's too many people that are constantly just complaining about the amount of workload that you have or like short staffing or whatever. So I feel like it is, it's almost like being forced on admin, which I like because they weren't doing anything before.
0: Right. But it also sucks that it took them to get to this point to talk about it. Like if, if we were much more, Um, preventative and proactive about it, we wouldn't be at this point. And I've noticed that, you know, when you start talking about the workloads and the fact that people are just leaving the job and you know, the the workforce is slow and low everywhere. Right. But I mean, you need law enforcement officers, period. So the fact that people are not rushing to this job, like they used to, and they're rushing away from it faster than they're rushing into it, yeah, you're gonna have to start mitigating the people that you do have. Like, what can we do to keep these people around? Well, yeah. the money seems to not be there because everyone wants to defund us. So let's let's start working on like allowing mental health days, allowing people to take care of themselves, you know, like the stress we put on our bodies and our minds is 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 it's it's a lot. It's mind blowing.
3: It's mind blowing to me that like you guys you're you're groomed and raised in the academy to not focus on that stuff. Like the, the focus is on like protecting your brothers and protecting the public and, you know, like protecting the constitution. There's so much of your day that is life threatening that will weigh down on your body. I was on the phone with my boyfriend who's uh interdiction an trooper. And as we're talking, there are like four semi trucks that I hear whiz by him. It's, at night. And I'm like, dude, are, can mm-hmm. you, do you hear that? And he's like, I block it out. I don't even hear it anymore. And I'm like, okay, that's wild. But like your brain is still registering that because at the end of the day, you're a human animal and it's, your brain is constantly looking for threat. Whether your experience has led you to believe that, oh, this semi-truck passing me on the highway is not really a threat. Your body is still going right. to like, have a physiological response to that because that's not fucking safe. That's not normal. (laughs) Right. That's not normal. Putting yourself in the situations that you do. Those are not normal by anyone's standards, except for policing. It's
0: weird. Right. Right. Or, you know, running into a building for like a firefighter or things like that. But yeah, it it doesn't make sense to a normal sane human being. It does not make sense. I remember I was in a crash on the highway um blocking so i was blocking traffic there was already a crash probably i don't know half a mile down from me and i was blocking traffic it was the middle of the night and my car was not well illuminated at all it had a light bar and some wigwams in the front that's it nothing on the sides and everything and i was like i was um like cockeyed across two lanes my lights are on and i'm looking in my rearview mirror and things are going fast by me
1: uh, and i'm saying
0: they're going to hit yeah, I'm saying they're going to hit me. <laughs> they're going to hit me. And I'm, I am I was on the newer side and I like look away and I'm like looking down this way of the highway. And sure enough, something hit my passenger side going probably 60 miles an hour. The, the best part was that I what? wasn't looking because if I saw it, because if I wasn't, lo- if I was looking at it, I would have tensed up and I probably would have gotten really hurt. I walked away from that without an injury. Without an injury, I got out of my car. I sw- I mean, probably there's something wrong with my back right, now. I'm
3: like, I'm going to go bullshit on that. You mean your adrenaline <laughs> kept you from feeling pain? Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> probably, probably. But like when I got out of the car, I'm looking at the passenger side of my car, which I'll have to post up this picture. But the entire side was gone. The, the, um, the front passenger wheel was like doubled under itself, popped. Um, when they actually called the wrecker to pick up my car, uh, the car was pushed into drive, but because the axle was snapped, it couldn't go anywhere. So there, the wrecker driver was like, "Hey, put your car in park." I'm like, "My car was in park," and they're like, "No, it wasn't." So for all that time while we were sitting waiting for the wrecker, it was it was in it was in drive. So yes, the, you know, our body obviously knows like, wow, that's not safe.
3: Unbeknownst to some new, like police officer, he got your salvaged vehicle.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. I told so <laughs> when I saw it come back. Like, I'm no like, There's quit. no way. That... Oh my God. I can't wait to show you this picture. You'll be like, they saved that. It's, it's still, well, it may not be on the road anymore, but it was for quite some time. It was, it was so bad, but you know, it, Exactly. So we, so mentally, we're putting ourselves <laughs> in these these uh, scary situations that we may or may not acknowledge. It's not that we don't know that they're there; they're obviously there, yeah. but we choose not to acknowledge, uh, acknowledge it. Yeah. But and I then mean, all the I mean, physical I mean, stress and pain we put on our body.
3: Yeah, and I think that like part of that is self preservation, right? Because it's not it's not um, like sustainable to to go t- into every shift going like, oh my god, I could die. Like that's not that's not feasible. Like you can't do that. Like that's not going to create any kind of safety. So I get why you guys have to do it. I think it's just important that like every once in a while, someone just reminds you, Hey, you probably, you're probably really fucking tense because you have a very dangerous job. You have a very stressful job that most people will never understand. So like you're trying to normalize your experience and you don't have a normal experience
0: no not at all and and you know you can you can make a couple analogies and and um similarities to certain occupations but there's nothing similar to it there's nothing i mean you know aside from like the military and you know another first responder there's nothing similar to it because i used to make uh, the analogy of like a waiter there's no comparison comparing our job to a waiter you know there's just not
3: well so this just like popped into my head because I was thinking about it earlier. You guys, I just did a TikTok on this where you guys have very unique job stressors where you've got legal risk, you have inconsistent policies, you have
2: mm-hmm, negative public mm-hmm.
3: perception, you have spousal friction, and lots of professions have those, for sure. But what's unique about you guys is you have this culmination of all of those things all wrapped up into one month of just existing as police officers. So it's it's not the same as a doctor. It's not the same as a waiter. It's not the same as a construction worker because you have all of those factors at play at the same time.
0: Right, exactly. And and cops wonder why they can't cope properly off the job when they're off duty because you know, you spend 12 hours a day or however long your tour is in next amount of days a week and then you're going to come home and and like decompress for a short amount of time and probably a less amount of time than you are working because so many cops take overtime jobs and things like that, that we really don't hit that reset button. And it doesn't matter how many, like if you actually do get to take a vacation, you're still, you know, you're playing with an empty glass.
3: Well, yeah, because you, yeah, you have like this whole life that you have to like provide for. I mean, it's a male dominated industry Mm -hmm. and the likelihood that you're raising a family or providing for it is like really, really high. So it, I mean, it Mm -hmm. makes total sense. Like my boyfriend, like he loves taking off time to, you know, to hang out with me, but then like his bank account is like, help me. So it's like, it's not before long that you are like hook, line and sinker showing up back to work because you you have a lifestyle you have a life to maintain you're going to go back to it so you just there really isn't a break which is why tangent i think that it would be really cool to to kind of like flesh out the concept of police officers doing tours just like the military does there is no fucking yeah. reason that you That you serving a community for five years, doing what you do, experiencing the things that you do, throwing yourself into danger on a daily basis would not be adequate service to receive government support, services, pensions, things like that. There's no there's no reason because these are these are larger than life things that you guys are doing, but you're doing them for an entire career like that's. Yeah, it's just not sustainable. I that
0: that's an amazing point you bring up because I was thinking today, I was walking through the halls of work and I was thinking, how many police officers or former police officers, when they leave, I'm not talking retired, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about when they leave the job, mm-hmm. where are they at in their career? I would guarantee. If we did a large enough study, we would find that it's probably somewhere between that five and 10 year range because every, every police officer that I've seen that has left the job is usually within that range. And just like you're saying, if that was a five year tour of duty, then, and thus making them, you know, veteran status or whatever by some, you know, by the military, you're right. Because if you look at people and police officers that do the full 20 to 30 years, like what quality of life do they have when they get out?
3: My background being that I started in this industry working police training conferences, vendors are all former law enforcement. These are older guys that are just like, they can't, there needs to be some way to stay involved in this industry because they gave everything all of themselves to this job that at the end of the day doesn't really give a fuck about them but either way mm-hmm, they've, mm-hmm. they've they've molded their identity around this job that they do it's all that they know True. how to do like what are you gonna what kind of 30 year old can who, who's been doing nothing but policing that has no college degrees what kind of thirty year old can just quit policing and then raise a family on an entry level job?
0: Right, absolutely. You're so spot on. Fun. And what you're I'm noticing, no, yeah. it, you're absolutely right, and and that's what I've noticed is that the you you know, luckily with this meme page, I've I've made contacts with a lot of people who have these side jobs. You know, I've talked about people that run jujitsu companies that j- that have a um, uh, merchandise company, like all these different avenues. They're all law enforcement based, and they leave law enforcement because that's all they've got. Right. They're going to they're going to make a product or they're going to make a service that tailors to law enforcement and they get stuck in this rut. And it's very unfortunate. The only ones that really can get out and do something else are the ones that got in later in life. And, you know, they, they already have skills. They've already had this is their second career or, or you know, career and a half or whatever you want to say. You're, wow. you're absolutely spot on. And it, it's, it's, my, it's actually mind blowing that I had that thought. And then you said that today because we are right on the same page.
3: Well, everything about your experience has to revolve around work. If you think about like, everything is preparation for work, right? So you have your days off. Maybe you have three days off. Okay. So you're, you get off the one day, that first day is just you trying to fucking either sleep in or you wake up groggy and whatever. And then the next two days are catching up on adult regular life shit.
0: Sure. Yep.
3: And then, and then you've got to start prepping yourself for work. You've got to get your, you know, you've got to make sure that everything is clean. You've got to make sure that your schedules are in sync if you're in a relationship. So everything is always in preparation for the next week's shift. So if you spend 10, 15, 20 years doing that, you have not made room for anything else. And departments make it uh, lucrative, for you to hyper focus on your job. So, Hey, if you have a take-home phone, you get an extra 5%. Hey, if you work this shift, mm-hmm. you get an extra percentage. They, it, Hey, if you work that, that detail shift, you're making 70 bucks an hour. Everything is to draw yeah. you in. So then you build your whole life around policing of what are you going to do after? Like it's,
1: it's right li- yeah you're
3: enslaved to that job that identity and that pension and that is not living and i don't fucking support that if you and not that i don't support like loving who you are as a police officer but like that's not everything because that will eventually end that has a an expiration date because it's not a sustainable yeah, job. it does
0: And I'm speaking from firsthand account that when like for me, when I made that decision to get out, it was it was a brick wall I was running into. Like I could not get around it. It was it was tough. And I know a lot of people that when they are done and they're hanging it up, it is that like significant. Like it is not an easy like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to because you you run so fast through this job from the academy to whenever you decide you're done. That there is no like easing out of it. You know, there, there, it's just, it's smack dab in your face. You know, that's, that's why you do see the suicides because maybe the people seem to feel trapped. They don't know what else to do. Um, they're unhappy, but where, what are they going to go do? Um, you know, so I always say, you know, when, when young, younger baby cops tell me like, Oh, I'm, I'm majoring in criminal justice. I go, no, don't <laughs> do it. put it back. Go. I say, go find something else. Don't make this.
3: (laughs) Is it do like business development, do
0: advertising. Oh, absolutely. Something Something like completely outside of law enforcement, but you also, you make a great point that if you want to promote well, you're going to get bonus points in your promotion exam, if you have a degree, you're going to get even more if you have a degree in like police administration. Whoop the frickin' do! That's going to do nothing but make you a career cop even more. Yeah, it's... and thus and thus further screwing you over as you move along.
3: Yeah, I think that like this is the direction that the world is headed in general, where employees are saying, "Hey, we recognize what year it is. We recognize what value we we bring to the company or the organization." We think that we should have more of a say in this. We think that you should care about us more. That's been happening slowly in the majority of workplaces in America. And now yeah. policing mm-hmm. is kind of catching up to that. Like the great resignation, right? That's a whole thing where people are just like, fuck it, I quit. Like I'll freelance, I'll fucking get in a van, I'll figure it out. Like, and I feel like that's where policing is heading, where it's going we need more options. We need more sustainability. We need to matter more. We need to have more of a say. We, we are not going to just do whatever we're told without there being a reasonable and logical explanation. We're not going to, we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. And it's not that that's a bad thing. I think that, I think that that is the direction the world should be headed, but there's so many administrations that are led by older leadership who aren't on that same page that are just like, yeah, like so feet in the cement, like they're not budging, they're not going anywhere. And I think that's where we have people that are just going, all right, cool. Bye. Mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah.
0: I think you're absolutely right. That, and you know, the old, the old guard needs to change. It does. It needs to change. It needs to change his mind pretty quickly because it's not going to sustain if it keeps up this way.
3: Well, and too, like if people just decide to up and quit their jobs, like I had a guy in, uh, Spokane and canine officer calls me and he's like, Hey, is that old knife company used to work for hiring? And I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he goes, dude, I'm done. He's like, I'm done. They're, they're asking us to sign away our rides to our Instagram pages. Like I'm fucking done. Yep. So while I think it's great for you to get some freedom, if everything about your going back to what we were saying, if everything about your life up until now has orbited around being a police officer and you have poor coping skills, if you just quit your job, your irritation, your apathy, your stress symptoms aren't going to magically go away. Mm-hmm. Now you're just not, now you're just going to be bored and have to deal with them 24 seven without any resources, without government support that you, you know, what little you do have, you have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's scary to think that you know some of these suicide statistics aren't including officers that have quit have quit or have retired or been fired. like it it it's scary,
0: yeah, no, you're absolutely right. but it's not all bad, right? You said that there there is there is a a silver lining. There are some um, optimistic st- uh, statistics out there. You told me when we, before we press recording that actually this is going to be a surprise to everybody that suicide rates for law enforcement officers are down.
3: They are down. They are down. So in 2019, which is when I created the tech mobility training program, there were 228 police officers that had committed suicide. Okay. And 147 had died in the line of duty, which is a pretty big difference in between the two. If you think about how much your focus is on, hey, we've got to stay ready because someone could like pull a gun on us, whatever. No one's paying attention to suicide. So, that being aside, 228 was the number. Um, Blue Help, which is a suicide um, organization, a law enforcement suicide organization, they reported that in 2021, 158 police officers, or 150. I'm fucking up that stat. I should look it up, but it's 150 police officers that died by suicide in 2021.
0: Okay. So that's a significant drop. That's good. That is very good. Now, obviously that's still too many, but that's, that's a good trend. If we can keep that trend going down, then we're going to be in good business.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, part of it is what you, how we kind of started the episode. Wellness is becoming way more commonplace. Like, I've got lots and lots of emails of, or like departments that are like, Hey, we just set up a peer support group. Do you have Mm -hmm. any advice? Whatever. So like it's happening. I think that it's, it's only positive that that number is going down. Um, I did have somebody reach out and ask, you know, the question, of course, he's got to be like devil's advocate (laughs) and he's like, well, think about how many people quit. (laughs) And I'm like, okay.
0: Okay. Right, right, yeah, okay. of course And I think I think that was probably a thought in everybody's mind Everybody's cynical <laughs> mind But, I mean I mean, you gotta take your wins where you can get them, folks Like, if we're making progress We gotta accept it as progress Even if it's not, like, a, a resounding progress Like, we'd all want the suicide rate to be zero, right? But it's it's not there yet And hopefully, one day it will be Hopefully everyone will be, you know In tune with their mental health In tune with their resiliency Mm-hmm but we're not there just yet,
3: well, and I think it's important to note, like, so with the veteran community, it took a very long time for them to escalate to the point where it's twenty two suicides plus a day
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? It's this like ongoing trajectory of humans that don't have any coping skills that are in these really deep, dark holes. If you guys are going the opposite direction, That is a win.
0: Yeah.
3: That's literally you guys going, hey, we have access to resources now. Hey, it's becoming more of a conversation. Whereas veterans didn't have that. Your guys' suicide rates began to peak. And then because of social media, because of news, it became accessible to you. This was not a conversation in the 50s, 60s, 70s to talk about stress symptoms and trauma. Now it's, you can't, you almost can't even get hired into like a new company without them talking about mindfulness and, you know, like triggers and whatever. So like it, it makes sense and it should be going this direction. Sure.
0: I, yeah, I agree exactly with that. And, you know, I, you talk about coping skills. I feel like we're so, I've talked about this a lot, but our society just doesn't really communicate very well. Obviously, we're stuck in this digital age, right? But I think, I think we're going to get better at it. I think the advent of, of technologies like Zoom and, and Skype and things like that, that's really helping because before when you're just instant messaging, no communication sucks. But now that you can see a therapist through a Zoom session, that makes things so much more accessible to people that, you know, probably don't want to get up and go into a doctor's office.
3: Yeah. Like my DMS are full every single day of interactions with law enforcement all across the country. We're yeah. international now. So we get to have these one-on-one conversations with people, which, you know, wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. Sure, And we actually just, I, I just released something a couple days ago. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I had three different police officers reach out saying, I almost committed suicide. You saved me. And it was like, whoa. Yeah. Like if we just like take a step back and recognize how, how pivot, like how impactful that is that there were three humans that if they showed up on your news feed as like X, Y, Z police officer committed suicide, you'd be like, damn, you know, like, no three, three stories did not show up in your Instagram feeds because mm. they had resources because of digital technology. Like it is working.
0: Yeah, it, it, it like, definitely is. And I get frustrated. You know, I, I always, I always bid and moan about Instagram. We were doing it before we, we got on here um, <laughs> because Instagram? we, yeah, because we are so muted and we are so shadow banned and everything. And I, I say that like the content we put out is not, being seen by the masses as it should be yeah. but the people that it does reach it's impactful it's significant exactly. so i never want to discredit the people that it does reach because i i'm the same way people reach out to me all the time saying hey i was having a really shitty day i was in a dark place i, I saw your memes i saw your posts. i saw your podcast and it lifted me out of that dark place and that's amazing i never would have expected that you know what i did
3: like this I was listening to this podcast and this woman was talking about um how when you work in this type of field uh like helping people you can experience a lot of empathy fatigue and I was like yeah uh-huh, <laughs> like, yeah for sure like all day long I'm imagining people's like really terrible stories so when I started getting those DMs about those people that were like hey like you saved me Instead of like my normal kind of like brush off that I do where I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then like I move on to the next thing. I did this little like visualization thing where I pictured myself reaching over a cliff and grabbing someone's hand because ultimately that is what's happening. Like when someone sends you a message and they're like, hey, man. That made me laugh. And that's like the light at the end of the tunnel that I needed or whatever people say to you, Mm
0: -hmm. you're
3: contributing positively to people's mental health, getting better. And it, and it, and it may not feel that way because it's not conventional. Like it's a meme page. Yeah. Yeah. But like when you're in despair and you're so depressed and you're like, you've been isolating yourself from people for so long, laughing is not that's not an option.
0: Yeah, for sure. You're absolutely right. I think, you know, we dissociate so bad when we start going down that hole. And yeah. I mean, I'm I, you know, I'm far from perfect and I still get in these moods where I just start dissociating and I'll go through and I'll just start like deleting people and whatever. And yeah, you're right. Laughing is the last thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I can relate to the people that feel the same way or worse. And to find something that not even make, I mean, yes, if it smiles or it makes you smile or laugh, that's great, but makes you feel not alone, like in your in your thoughts, or like, oh wow, someone else feels that way. I mean, that's that that's worth its weight in gold.
3: Your Simpsons one with Marge and like the un- like <laughs> what oh <my laughs> I fucking you won the internet that day with the <laughs> mechanisms i can't i like that right there that's exactly people not feel it's a funny way of people recognizing that like <laughs> you're not alone in your bullshit like yeah. you're you're part of a fucking community everyone else is doing it thousands of people find it hilarious like bravo on that one like <laughs> thank I, you
0: also special thanks to uh my good friend lauren she actually helped me make that one so
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. Of course there's a woman behind it.
0: Of course. Of course. Any any good thing there is, right? Behind every great man. Um, So that's great. But, I mean, this is wonderful. Absolutely love it. But the point of today's conversation, right, is to... <laughs> oh, yeah. We kind of
3: like rabbit a drill there. No,
0: no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is great. I'm, I'm keeping every every last drop of that, except for when I had to yell at the dog. Um, But what we're going to talk about today, or what we're going to talk about now, is... To fix our bodies, or to not fix it, but kind of get them better in check, right? Because we've got these bodies, like I said, there there are jobs, and they get weighed down, literally, physic, uh, figuratively, by the stress that we endure and, and the stress that we uh, incur. So, what are some stress symptoms that we can start to notice that you know maybe? maybe they're not so apparent maybe you know you're just thinking that oh this is just another day but what are some that like what are some of the stress symptoms
3: there's so many of them and honestly that's like that's what adds up for people right like when you guys when you guys think about like stress um i think it's kind of like this mystical like yes, you know what it means, but there aren't like any specific definitions to it. It's just sort of like a general feeling. Um, but there are very, very specific stress symptoms that in the clinical field, um, we would use as like markers to say, Hey, you might be experiencing post-traumatic stress, um, disorder, or you might be experiencing whatever. Mm -hmm. So just kind of based off of that, I'm going to give you like a little list of common stress symptoms, and these aren't all just specific to the body. Um, but later, I like would really love us to kind of like circle back and talk about how our brain experiences lead us down a physical experience,
0: sure.
3: Um, but like distressing dreams that's really huge. I don't think that people um, really consider the impact of having a terrible night's sleep what that does. If you spent all night long like clenching down and just squeezing your teeth together because your brain is doing its normal activity of replaying the day or replaying different scenarios and imagining things and playing pretend, man, you might wake up not realizing why your upper back feels the way it does. So if you don't recognize how your jaw is connected to the side of your neck, which is connected to your traps, you might not know that, oh, this is because of my sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another one? Um, angry outbursts. That's a really big one. Sure. So if you're constantly on edge and your face is frowning all day long, do you have like any tension headaches that are building up? Right. Because you're squeezing your eyebrows together. Or if you're staring at a computer all day long, trying to like understand and look at details and whatever. So I feel like there's all of these little tiny things that add up. Um, Negative beliefs.
0: Mm -hmm. Negativity. (laughs) Yeah. Cops aren't negative. I don't know what you're talking about. No.
3: Hey, 150 people committed suicide, which is lower than prior years. Uh, That's a lie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you could, you could tell a cop anything and they're going to find a way to be negative about it. That's just, that's just the way it is. And it's, it's unfortunate, you know, it, it's so unfortunate that a cop has to be so negative. And, and think about all the pessimism that comes from the job. Like just, you're, you're, you, you see people in their worst moments. So you're, you're going to think that it's the world is sunshine and rainbows. No, of course not.
3: Like you guys, it, it's, I, I mean, I get why negativity is sort of why it prevails, um, so much in your community. Um, but again, I think that's why it's important for someone to pop up every once in a while and be like, Hey, just so you know, don't forget you're only dealing with three to 5% of the public.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very true. That's
3: my day is filled with all kinds of people that are opening up doors that are like, Hey, can I get that for you? Or, Hey, can, do you need help? Or, Hey, how can I volunteer? So there is a lot of good out there. You guys just, because of the na- nature of your job, you're not interacting with it.
0: Yes. You're absolutely right.
3: But that negativity, when you're going around, right, uh, Imagining that everybody's on their worst behavior it puts you on edge. It creates a physiological fight or flight response in your body. All of those stress hormones gradually break down your cells. It And if you take, you know, a week's worth of work and skepticism, your body's going to feel like shit. Like yeah. just fact of the matter. It's going to do that. Um, sleep disturbance, not being able to sleep at all. Um, that coincides with unhealthy coping mechanisms. So like if you're an excessive alcohol drinker, which according to (laughs) the CDC, (laughs) if you drink, if you're a male and you drink more than 15 drinks per week, you are an excessive drinker. If you're female, it's more than eight. So like that is what's happening. Well, one drink within seven hours of your sleeping cycle impacts your circadian rhythm. Or I'm sorry, not your circuit, your your REM cycle. So if, if you're not getting the sleep that your brain needs, if your brain can't like shrink in size and detox all of the experiences that it doesn't need, what are you carrying over into the next day? Mm-hmm. All these things are kind of like building up. So I think it's really important for people to recognize that a day in the life of a police officer is going to incur lots and lots of physiological reactions in your body and that stuff is, is all going to add
0: up. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it. Yeah. I think uh, to just kind of go on that, I think we miss understand the importance of sleep. Um, I, I know I, I definitely don't sleep enough. I, I've never really slept enough. Like I'm talking back high school days. And I think we just, maybe we don't know enough about how good sleep is for the body. And that's, probably why. And we would much rather work and be awake than sleep. And anybody who really does any kind of physical activity, working out, whatever, they understand the importance of sleep and what that does for your recovery. But if you think about all the physical strain we put on our bodies anyway, not talking about the gym or anything like that, it's the exact same. You need that recovery period.
3: You need it. And like a a lot of people avoid sleep because that's that's the time when the brain starts to kind of file through all of its experiences. Mm -hmm. And, but that's, that's the job of the brain is to file through things and sort through things and go like, Hey, is that important? No, that's not. Okay, cool. Let's get rid of that. Let's move on. A lot of people are avoiding that sleep in general. And then if you add on top of that alcohol or substances that prevent your brain from doing its job, Man, you're missing out on this like really beautiful and amazing and necessary process that your body has to go through in order for you to show up the next day as whole as you can possibly be. So if Mm -hmm. you're constantly starting the day off in a deficit and your day is not going to let up in terms of stressful experiences or like really high risk situations, The likelihood. And and then on top of that, if you don't have coping skills or resources to deal with that, you're not going to win. Like, you're
0: you're never going to come out on top.
3: You're not because you're a human and you have a limit, you have a capacity. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. You're supposed to,
0: right? I'm, so, I'm <laughs> trying to think of all the cops out here that are going. I don't. I don't have no limit. Whatever. Like you know. And no. and, I was, and I was that guy. And I, I'm saying it because I was that guy. I was thinking, no, you know, I can never be too tired. I can always push through. And that's, that's just not. a. No, that's not sustainable, and that's not a smart way to live your life.
3: Well, and on top of that, that's survival mode. When you're in survival mode, that means that you're not accessing the most loving parts of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. That
3: means that you're missing out on the happiest moments of your life. That means that you're missing out on all of the creativity that exists within you. That means that you're missing out on like being ecstatic and happy and joyful and like surprised in a good way. All, like, cause we're humans and we have these huge spectrums of emotion, but if your whole life is centered around the darkest parts, you're mm-hmm. missing out. And and that's what I want most of all for my friends is like, hey, your, your life should not feel that hard.
1: Why do so many people need help? Life is not that complicated. You get up, you go to work, eat three meals, you take one good shit and you go back to bed. What's the fucking mystery? Yeah.
3: You're supposed to like it. It's not as, it shouldn't be a sentence to be a police officer. It should be a gift that you're giving to the world, which is why tours make the most sense. Like you should be able to gift that to your community and then be like, okay, now I'm going to spend time on living my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Right I, I paid wanna- my due to society And now let me go enjoy it And 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 reap the benefit Of other people's sacrifice And paying their dues to society So that way it becomes this, like, this cyclical thing Like you've got these 18 to like 30 year olds they do their tour Okay and then the next batch And then the next batch and then you just have this revolving door Where you don't have I mean how many police officers out there Is going to complain about the salty old guy That's just taking up space in a beat well, why is yeah. he there anyway? Because he's got that pension that he's he's waiting for, right? That's
3: fucking right.
0: So if you stick it to just that ten year period or a twelve year, whatever you know, whatever your metric is going to be, you're going to have young, enthusiastic, healthy, and athletic people. And then when they get to the point where past their prime, you know, okay, yes, then you make that person an administrator or something. But they're not forced to stay there for a pension. Like if you have someone that's really good and you don't want to let them go cool make them a manager but if not it's not a penalty and i think that's the problem is that people think that leaving early is a penalty which it is because you have to be on for seven to ten years before you can even start uh, being vested in your pension and that's where you're hitting the danger zone
3: when people are looking at their watch going okay six more years
0: yeah oh i'm sorry
3: six more years
0: yeah and you're already counting what yeah (laughs) Oh yeah, I know. I know. I, I can count it's many people. Away. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how much can happen in six years? I mean, that's, that's crazy, and to be counting not- down for that long, Mm-mm, and that's and so good. many senior cops do that. I know. I I, I probably can't tell you, or I, I could probably do a very quick study and say that most of them probably have a countdown somewhere on their phone for when they can retire or when they can start collecting. <laughs> I guarantee really? it. I know of when I was working at my one agency, all my supervisors had it. All my supervisors had a, had a counter when they could retire.
3: Actually, somebody that's on my volunteer team um, just had a really big issue with their department and was like, I'm looking at other states, which the state that they are looking at is very, very far. Um, and I'm like, really? And it's like, I have eight more months until I'm vested. And I'm like, that's not you showing up every, and this isn't any judgment, like it is what it is, but that's not you showing up as your best self. You're not enjoying your experience. So you're going to spend 50, 60 hours of your week hating what Mm -hmm. you're doing. I want people to recognize that you've got two options here you can begin to be a part of that change within the culture and and really start to demand that change happens or you got to just
0: go yeah
3: mm-hmm. either way both routes are really difficult really challenging and really hard but one is just very familiar and a little bit more secure because you've got this continuous paycheck
0: exactly but- and that's and that's why people stay that's why they get complacent that's why they get lazy and that's why they get hurt you know how many times do we see these cops what two years and, and under left to retirement. And that's, those are the ones that get killed. Why, you know? And, and it's, there's, there's many factors of course, but you know, you got to start thinking like, well, some somewhere, someone must have let their guard down because that doesn't, that's not supposed to happen. There's a, there's a lot of things that we need to factor in with that.
3: And, and also like going back to the whole like negative thinking and toxic environment, part of an, a toxic environment is making sure that people think that they can't live without you, right? Like if we were to take your guys' work environment and translate that to a relationship and you've got abusive abusive husband Mm -hmm. and you've got victim wife, abusive husband is going to be narcissistic and demanding and controlling in ways that make the wife feel like she doesn't have any other options outside of him. Yeah. And the truth is that when you're deep, deeply like soiled in stress and negativity, it's hard to think that there are good things out there, but like there are, cause again, you're only dealing with a small amount of people. You're dealing with a very like, like, a. you're dealing with a small, um, percentage of the world. So if you were to quit your job, not that I'm like recommending Well, some people, I recommend them. Quit,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
3: like, quitting your job is not a a death sentence,
0: right? Mm -hmm.
3: Good things happen all the time. Like I quit my job to work for you guys full time. And I was fucking terrified. I'm like, Oh my God, I have this regular paycheck. I have bosses that were terrible. And then I just quit one day and it was really challenging for like two months. But then all of a sudden here I am. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've like, paid for my business my house I have an employee like it it all works out
0: eventually yeah, yeah and that was that was what I was looking at when I decided to get out of the job and and go somewhere else and which I'm still in law enforcement or I'm still in the, the community but I'm not not on the road anymore and that was the thing it was like this is a, this is a good paycheck it's blah, blah 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 but my health mental and physical was such trash. Yeah. because of the stress and the negativity that was that was there yeah. um and that's that's when we talked back in September I was saying that I was like Erica I can't move like my body is so sore mm-hmm. and so painful yeah. and that you know as I look back at it or in the moment I thought it was from like just a work injury just something that I aggravated but then as I thought and as I've thought since What I thought was the injury is is silly because that would not have caused that much pain on my body. It was all that stress that was compounded into it that caused it. So you like beautifully are bringing up the whole point of like
3: the mind body connection and why bodies just over time in traumatic and stressful environments have to feel like shit. Like there's no other option when you're in an environment like you're in as intense as you are for your body to not feel that way. So like when you're, say any given moment, you're um, you're sitting in your patrol car and you've got your tack vest on, right? It's got all the things. You've got your duty belt. It's got all the things. It's a little bit awkward. You've got your MDC that's over to your right you're constantly taking in information going what's safe, what's not, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. You're not looking for what's right. You're constantly looking for what's wrong. Your brain is automatically by default going to be in a fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And that is one side of your autonomic nervous system, which controls your survival systems. So your fight or flight responses give your body, lots of neurotransmitters and hormones that help you stay aroused and ready and alert. Adrenaline, cortisol, Mm. norepinephrine, things like that. So you're going about your day with this steady influx of these really intense hormones that are making you ready just in case something happens. Well, those transmitters are, um, they're breaking down your cells, but then your autonomic nervous system is also being triggered by your vagus nerve, which is your largest nerve in your body, which is delivering those hormones. So your brain is going, hey, this is stressful. Autonomic nervous system is like fight or flight. Vagus nerve is like, here's a bunch of hormones, body, just so that you're ready. Well, the vagus nerve is also interacting with your fascial system, which is what's holding your muscle groups together. mm mm-hmm it's holding your organs together. It's on the inside of your muscles. Now that fascial system has a muscle memory. So if your body is constantly in a state of fight or flight and your shoulders are always up to your ears because you're stressed out, your body is going to remember to stay in this position. Even after you take off your tactical vest, even after you get out of your patrol car, your body is going to go, We've spent 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, however long your shift is in a state of distress. We're going to assume that this is what the body wants. So it's going to then adapt and become really tense. So you begin to carry all of that stress from your shift into the times that you're not working. hmm that makes sense. So you're taking in stress. Your body's going, okay, cool. Let's react to it. And then it doesn't know how to shut it off. You spend a year doing that. You spend five years doing that. You spend 15 years doing that, man, you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. You're going to feel like shit. You have to do something.
0: And then if you take all that and you add trauma to your body, you add car accidents, you add fights, you add, everything falls everything that comes from police work as well i mean your body is gonna just be this complete utter knotted up mess and i think that's what i can speak to that you know i've got i've got herniated discs from car accidents i've got i've got busted knees i've got all these problems and i know i'm not the only one i am just a small i am one ant in a giant anthill this is this is a gigantic problem
3: when I do trainings um, before we get into like the physical part. So like the training is like part classroom, part guided like stretches and rehabilitative movements. Before we do the movement portion, I go through each student in the class and I'm like, Hey, tell me about your body history. What's going on. And I always get these like, Oh, uh, I just had a double knee replacement surgery <laughs> or like, Oh no, it's just, I have this, this shoulder. I have like a steel rod in it. Or like, Oh, I just, I, I I'm like, What?
0: stop normalizing that.
3: I don't have any body parts that aren't mine. I've never had any surgeries. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you mean you've had a herniated disc for three years? What? Mm -hmm. I had a herniated disc for like six months. And during those six months, I was doing active rehab because I was like, this is not normal. And then on top of that, you're throwing in all of your gear. And then that constant, you know, how many times a year do you get some like, sketchy ass email from one of your superiors that make your stomach just like go into knots like again your body has a capacity it's it's not a robot
0: yeah you you say that about the stomach and it it made me think and i it made me think from personal experiences how many police officers suffer from like digestive issues like ibs and things like that i know that i can count at least two hands worth of people that I don't know if they've had it before the work, but definitely from work and from the end of our friendship or end of our association, they had IBS, they had stomach issues and I'm sure they're not the only ones.
3: So what's interesting about your anatomy is your gut, your belly is considered your second brain. You have like hundreds of millions of neurotransmitters communicating from your brain or neurons, excuse me, communicating activity from your belly to your brain. So every experience that you have, your brain and your belly are in constant communication. And your vagus nerve, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's that nerve that is sending those hormones out to your body. There is so many clusters that are built that are, uh, that reside in your stomach. So when you get an email or when you have an experience or when you, when you get that gut feeling, that's actually chemical release happening in your stomach. So when that's happening on a consistent basis and your stomach is not built to have that it's built to digest food and to Mm -hmm. communicate, Hey, this is what's wrong with me. I need help. I need whatever. It's not built to constantly have all of these like stress hormones and activity that don't have to, that aren't related to digestion. Mm -hmm. So when all of that's happening and you have this constant stream of stress hormones, your, your shit is going to be impacted. (laughs) It can be compacted. It can come out super loose. Like um, earlier this, uh, earlier last year, I was probably at the height of my vicarious trauma where the amount of stories that were coming in to the DMs that I was just reading were astronomical, like stories that I was just, I I can't believe some of the things that you guys have actually witnessed and, and some of the traumas that actually happened, but I'm reading these. And all of a sudden, like, I can't take a solid dump. Hmm. Like, why not? Nothing significant is happening in my life. I'm just listening to your stories. So put yourself back into that situation and you're you're seeing it. Right. You're sharing space with people who are having these emotional experiences and these physiological experiences. You are going to be impacted by that. And then throw caffeine.
0: Right. I was gonna say in, in our, our terrible dietary choices as I drink my Red Bull over here.
3: You're drinking a Red Bull? Uh, I, I, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: You're a fucking maniac. I
0: know. I know. I know. We're not talking about me here, Erica. We're talking about well, everyone we are,
3: else. Because people are looking to you. You can fucking drink I I don't stop it. I dare you. I fucking dare you for two weeks. No, for one week, not to have caffeine after noon.
0: After noon, okay. I can do that. Can, I, can you? Ac- I? I can accept that challenge, and I will. I will. I will. Um, I will do that starting Monday. Thursday, <laughs> 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 bro. It's oh, it is Thursday, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think. I think I can do that. I think I can do that
3: yeah like stop getting in your own way (laughs) like oh i'm having so fucking weird i can't sleep it's 9 30 it's no it's 10 o'clock at night
0: (laughs) okay okay (laughs) you got me you got me (laughs) hey you know what this is all about self-improvement right starting with (laughs) starting with this guy Mm -hmm. all right i i will i will do that for for the sake of of uh I don't know for the sake of something, but
3: for your, the sake of your body and rhythm.
0: Oh yeah. Me (laughs) forgot about me. Um, so, all right. So everyone listening, we've, we've got a challenge. I've got a challenge and I will, I will keep you guys up to date on this. Um, so how else do we take care of our body? You know, we were talking about the physical traumas and the, um, and everything that just kind of, builds up on our bodies. So how do we take care of it? What are some of your suggested methods?
3: Um, two things come to mind. Um, one, I would say, and, and this is the most important suggestion and recommendation that I can make for anybody is that you have to create homeostasis in your body on a consistent basis. Um, what I mean by that is earlier, I talked about fight or flight. That is just one half of what your body's survival system can do. The other half is called rest and digest. And that branch of your nervous system has its own set of chemicals oxytocin, serotopi- serotonin, dopamine. Those are hormones that help your body thrive and live and become restored. And if you think about your fight or flight system as like your gas pedal, kind of like this, like go, 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 go. The rest and digest is the brake pedals to that system. So if you're only, if you're like pedal to the metal all day long and you're never applying the brakes to that system, When you get home or when you have your day off, you're going to fucking crash. You're just going to like, I'm done. I'm dead to the world. I'm no good. I want to isolate. So if you can find uh, ways to create that homeostasis in your body, then that means that your crash doesn't have to be so low. You will have to kind of lower your stimulus um, and you will have to kind of uh, like conserve your energy. That's just a natural part of that balancing system, but it won't have to be so dramatic. So maybe that doesn't look like you have to go into your man cave and disappear for Mm -hmm. like a day. Okay. Maybe that might look like a couple of hours. So the way that you do that is through, um, managing your heart rate variability, which means if you can control your heart rate, if you can slow the heart rate down, because your heart rate will increase when you're in a state of fight or flight. So like if anyone can just take a hold of their pulse right now, right? You just put two fingers up to your neck and just kind of check in and see what that's like. Look at your environment, figure out where you're at, what's going on. Your heart rate is going to mimic that environment, okay? Okay unless your body is in a state of fight or flight because it's used to that. Okay. So mm-hmm. the way that you lower that heart rate is through deep breathing. That's that's really the science behind it. Okay. So when people say you've got to breathe, or when you tell people breathe, calm down, that's ultimately what you're saying is, hey, control that heart rate. Let's get everything to kind of turn down. Let's apply those breaks to that nervous system. So um do you want me to kind of like Walk you through. Wait, yeah. Let me do yeah, okay. might as well just do it. Okay. So take your palm and you're gonna put it on your belly button. So okay. open face on your stomach. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, and then just totally breathe regular. And I'm gonna walk you through it since I can see you, and I'll just mm-hmm. imagine other people are doing it. alright I'll I'm your test subject. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so breathe completely normal, don't change anything about how you're breathing. And I want you to start to observe like where the movement in your body is happening as you breathe. So you might notice it in your chest as you inhale. Do you feel it more there? Yep. Okay. And is your stomach kind of stationary or is it moving? Um, It's expanding a little bit. Okay. The goal is to get that stomach to expand more. Okay. So you've got your hand over your belly button. When you take your next inhale, I want you to think about pushing your belly button into your hand. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of like pushing it. It's a little bit awkward. Okay. So I want you to keep doing that and I'm going to explain kind of what's happening. So as, as you're breathing like that, you're allowing your diaphragm, which is located underneath your lungs, you're allowing your diaphragm to work as sort of like a plunger in a syringe. So your diaphragm can actually like uh, pull down or contract, and it allows your lungs to open up more. So as you push that stomach into your hand, it allows your lung space to grow. And then I want you to think about exhaling longer than you did the breath before. So if you're inhaling four seconds, maybe try and exhale for five or six seconds. Yeah. So keep doing that. It's really your exhale that is lowering the heart rate. So when you're deep breathing, you're increasing the carbon dioxide level in your bloodstream, which is sending a signal to your brain that it can slow down hormone production. It can slow down the heart rate. And when you exhale, that's your body's chance to release physical tension. So when I inhale, I think about signals to the brain. Hey, we're good. And on the exhale, I think, Hey, relax. So inhale is, Hey, we're good. Exhale is, Hey, relax. Yeah. So that's for sure. The most important thing that I want people to know about like relaxing your body and kind of finding that homeostasis. And then the second thing is that your body is a container for all of your experiences. So if you spend a week in fight or flight mode and you've got all of these hormones that are just firing off all over your body, they're being stored unless you metabolize them. Stress impacts your movement. So you are less likely to go work out. You're less like, likely to stretch. You're less likely to go hang out and play with kids. All of those things. Mm-hmm. If you can find ways to stretch throughout the day or to increase your movement, even if that's by two or three movements a day, like, um, and, the, and it can be something super dumb. You can, like, sprint from your car to the front door or, like, literally jump up and down five times or stretch your quadriceps by kind of reaching back and taking a hold of your foot and holding it against your
0: butt. There's
3: all different types of ways that you can metabolize your stress hormones. But that part is really, really important is to move your body.
0: Mm, Actually, actually get moving. And you're right. As you, you know, you kind of, we, for such an active job, we get really sedentary. Like, you know, you come home, well, first off, you spend so much of the time actually sleeping or uh, sitting down, being stationary, and then you get home. and yes, there are people that do work out, but so many don't or so many are so easy to make an excuse why not to. Um, but you're right. If you can do probably one stretch more than doing absolutely nothing, and that's yeah. a great start
3: well, so going back to your example, if you're sitting in your patrol car, all shift long and maybe you get out of your car 10 times a day, you do 10 stops. Those 10 stops require more of a chemical production and reaction than my stress. My stress includes me making sure that I sent out enough orders or that I included enough, like, you know, collateral in someone's order. I'm like, Oh my God, did I forget that? Or like, My stress level is in nowhere compared to your stress level. So we can't, you guys have to shift how you think about what you're doing. The times that you are enlisting your stress hormones, they are for unusual, unique situations that are out of this world. Most Mm -hmm. people don't experience that. I'm not thinking about life or death when I get stressed out. I'm, I'm thinking of a customer being upset. <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah, it's just different. It's
0: yeah. just
3: different.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And, and that that's a good point that we have to kind of understand that difference, but you're absolutely right. So as we kind of wrap up our conversation here, I think all this has been great. I think we um, definitely have some food for thought for a lot of different things, uh, not just the body, a lot about the mind and a lot about the culture, I think too. Um would you be willing to leave us with some stretches that maybe our listeners and and myself, because I'm the test dummy, I guess, in today's uh, examples, <laughs> um, can do, and and we'll try to keep it keep them simple, something that they can do while they're on shift or you know maybe right after shift they can decompress so it's not too uh, too much because you know we got to keep it simple, we got to baby it for these cops, and just <laughs> something you know to to for them to take away from this episode beyond the knowledge itself.
3: Yes, my all-time favorite stretch to do, um, and you can do this in full uniform, um, is a side of the neck stretch. Your, your neck, you spend a significant amount of your day. Okay. So it depends if you're sitting in your patrol car, you spend a pretty good amount of your day looking to the right because of your computer. Okay. Which means the right side of your neck is likely shortened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, if you're sitting in your seat wherever you're at, you too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to think about your butt right now. Okay. Think about your butt. Like think fully feel your butt. <laughs> feel
0: it? It's it's felt. Feel yeah.
3: it. You feel the chair underneath you, whatever's supporting you. Okay. Now, keep your butt super planted where it's at and then I want you to think about lifting the very top of your head like float it up towards the ceiling or the roof of your car or the sky, whatever. So it creates like this little bit of space in between each of your vertebrae. It's like this light feeling. Yeah. Cool. And if you're a cop, you're probably giving a little bit too much effort here. Maybe dial it back. like <laughs> Just
0: a little bit. Don't, don't, <laughs> listen here, stretch, like bring it down just a half an inch. Just no,
3: you guys are like all or nothing. I don't need your all. I need like 70%. Okay. Okay, So kind of relax your chest down a little bit. Cool. Okay. Now thinking about your left ear, I want you to drop that left ear to your left shoulder. So it should create a stretch on your right side. Now I want you to take a deep breath in and on that exhale, relax your right shoulder down. Yeah. Take another deep breath in, and this time relax your jaw. Good. And as you're breathing in, relax your ears. Oh, my God. I can, like, visually see this happening. (laughs) Good. Relax your left shoulder a little bit. There you go. Good. Okay. Another breath in. This time, relax in between your eyebrows. Good. Yeah. Take two more breaths like that. Relaxing your chest down. And kind of like those signals of like, hey, brain, we're good. Hey, body, relax. Okay. Now bring your head upright, back to normal, and just Kind of move things around. Okay. You should feel like an openness on that Mm -hmm. right side. Yep. We did not do that for a long amount of time. Okay. Do the other side. Okay. So right ear to right shoulder. I got a couple like cracks out of that. Uh Uh Mm -hmm. Good. You took a super deep breath. So good. So the left shoulder relaxes down on the exhale. And don't forget about that stomach. Remember how we like pushed the belly out when we inhale?
0: Mm
3: -hmm. You wanna relax your jaw. Mm -hmm. Next time that you exhale, you wanna relax your ears. Awesome. Keep doing this. Two more breaths. Think about your chest relaxing. Think about your eyebrows relaxing. You don't really think about how much stress you're holding in these areas until you relax them. Good. And then come on out. Re- bring your head back to normal. You can do it in full uniform. Mm, Super
0: easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And it does. It feels, I know when I came up the first time, like it felt like there was like a, like a ball there. Like it was just like so free and like, it was good. <laughs> felt really good. And it's- my neck is always an issue. There's always so much stress here and that's, it felt good. We're, um, Yeah. So hopefully everyone did that. If not go back like uh, two, three minutes and do it. <laughs> It's going to be a good uh good example good ex- good exercise for you to do and there's so many more i gotta tell you every time i see on your page like you always post these like simple reminders it's like a three-word thing like unclench your jaw and i was like oh it is super tight right there and i just like uh-huh. yeah just by doing that or like you yeah. you say like un- un- uh, undo your eyebrows or whatever you say and it's yeah. just like you know just the things like i don't feel when it's happening that like i'm scowling and then you i see that and i'm like oh look at that. And like my, my, my wrinkles on my forehead kind of go away for a little bit. You can't,
3: well, yeah, you have fascia, and That's all that wrinkles are, are your fascial system going, Oh, Hey, you're like this all the time. Like you guys are looking, you're looking for danger. You're looking for what's wrong. That requires intense focus, which equates to physical tension. And you've just normalized your job. And I want to help you unnormalize it and, and feel a little bit better
0: absolutely and i feel better and in a week so right now it is january 6th in a week from today
3: <laughs> I, I want to set a timer because i'm totally a... gonna forget i want to set a reminder on
0: my okay. calendar a week from today so a week from today a so uh in it's real fun. time and right now um i just released the stress episode with elizabeth dellery a week from today will be the amy beckler episode and then two weeks from now will be this one so now we're caught, caught back up so, on January twelfth and every day up to it, I will be posting my last uh cup of caffeine and i I'm, I'm I'm actually gonna try to cut down anyway because i'm I'm trying to do better by my body anyway, so I was gonna do this anyway, but this is like this is the challenge this is the the challenge so I'm, can I'm on I give it. you
3: a little um a, a little advice for your challenge? Hit me okay um dopamine, okay. Dopamine is your body's natural reward chemical. Mm -hmm. It's it's like your little pat on the back that tells you like, good job, keep going. You can do hard things in the future. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, You get dopamine when you scroll on Instagram, you get dopamine when someone likes your things, you get dopamine when somebody checks you out. Okay. Dopamine is a good thing, but it becomes not good if you don't have enough effort to get that dopamine. Sure. Okay. So if you're going to do any kind of challenge and I did this, I cut out booze for 45 days. Mm -hmm. I gave myself a tattoo at the end of it. Okay. What that does is it says you're going to create a bunch of effort. You're going to work really, really hard, but we're going to have a really, really big reward that matches that effort. So if reward and effort are equal, then your dopamine baseline actually increases. We become addicted when our effort becomes really low, but our dopamine reward is really high. Mm-hmm.
0: So okay, yeah.
3: Very, very little effort is involved in scrolling, but then we're like, ooh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So then our body goes into a deficit and we stop producing as much dopamine. So you can actually right. become healthier and more in balance if you give yourself a little reward. So All right. come up with something that you're going to give yourself on the 12th.
0: Okay. I'll think about it. I'll let you know what it is tomorrow. I'll I'll think something up. Okay. Nice. And everybody, uh, Erica, for everybody that wants to get in contact with you, that doesn't already, how do they reach out to you? Where do they find you?
3: 100% on socials. If you're on Instagram or TikTok, that's, such a great way to get in contact. Otherwise, tacmobility.org. Um, you can send me an email. Contact pages are on there, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, we're everywhere.
0: And just from personal experience, if you type in Tac Mobility and you don't see the page with thousands and thousands of followers, you are on the wrong one. I will tag her when I release the episode, but in the event you can't find her, don't go for the one that has like 30 followers, go for the one that's got thousands of followers.
3: No, that is still me. Oh. That is still me. It's our it's my little like side page because I keep getting shadow banned and suspended and all yeah, the things. And yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Well, look for both of them and give them both a follow. How about that? Yes. That's the better one. All right. Erica, thank you so much for all this. This has been great. I think we really had a lot of things. The whole, uh, the, the tour idea just blew me away. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for talking. It's, it's been great.
3: You're so welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Everyone listening, stay tuned. I will be back after the break. Did you know that in the years 2017 to 2018, the American obesity rate was over 42%. Did you further know that police officers are 25% more likely than the average American to die from obesity related illnesses? These are diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and high blood pressure. So what do we do? Do we continue to stay victims to shift work and terrible nutrition options while going call to call? Or do we do something about it? Well, I decided to do something about it and that's why I started working with Nick Wall Nutrition. Nick is one of less than 100 professional nutritionists in the entire United Kingdom and has worked with many professional athletes from soccer, rugby, cricket, and even Team Great Britain. And all of his plans are backed by pure scientific evidence. Eating the foods you love and losing weight doing it. No fad diets, no pills, no powders, and no god awful detox teas. Nick is the real deal and was named Nutrition Specialist of the Year for the year 2019 to 2020. Check him out on Instagram at Nick Wall Nutrition or NickWallNutrition.com and join Nick's team and change your life.
2: Apparently, millennials as a generation, which is a group of people who were born approximately 1984 and after, are tough to manage. And they're accused of being entitled and narcissistic and self-interested, unfocused, lazy. <laughs> but entitled is the big one. And uh, and because they confound leadership so much, what's happening is leaders are asking the millennials, what do you want? And millennials are saying, we want to work in a place with purpose, love that. Um, we want to make an impact, you know, whatever that means we want free food and bean bags. <laughs> uh, and so, somebody articulates some sort of purpose, there's lots of free food and there's bean bags, and yet for some reason, they're still not happy. And that's because um, you, the, they're missing, there's, there's, a, there's a missing piece. Um, what I've learned is that there, I can break it down into four pieces, right? There are four, four things, four characteristics. One is parenting, the other one is uh, technology, the third is impatience, and the fourth is environment. Which leads me to the the fourth point, which is environment. Which is we're taking this amazing group of young, fantastic kids who are just dealt a bad hand, it's no fault of their own, and we put them in environments that care more about the numbers than they do about the kids. They care more about the short-term gains than the long-term life of this young human being. We care more about the year than the lifetime, right? And so we are putting them in corporate environments that aren't helping them build their confidence, that aren't helping them learn the skills of cooperation, that aren't helping them overcome the challenges of a digital world and finding more balance, that isn't helping them overcome the need to have instant gratification and teach them the joys and impact and the fulfillment you get from working hard over on something for a long time that cannot be done in a month or even in a year. And so we're thrusting to them them in corporate environments. And the worst part about it is they think it's them. They blame themselves. They they think it's them who can't deal. And so it makes it all worse. It's not. I'm here to tell them it's not them. It's the total lack of good leadership in our world today that is making them feel the way they do. They were dealt a bad hand. and And I hate to say it, but it's the company's responsibility. Sucks to be you, like we have no choice. right? This is what we got and I wish that society and their parents did a better job they didn't. So we're going to we're getting them in our companies and we now have to pick up the slack. We have to work extra hard to figure out the ways that we build their confidence. We have to work extra hard to find ways to teach them social the social skills that they're missing out on.
0: Once again one of my go-to Simon Sinek talking about millennials and I feel like echoed on the heels of the talk with Erica is just spot on, you know? Um, Cause if you think about it, all the recruits that are going in the police Academy right now, they're rolling out to your police departments right now, your sheriff's office, your state troopers, whatever it might be, they're millennials, you know? And we, we are more in tune with our mental health and our bodies than, uh, you know, our parents' generations and beyond. And I think it's something that we really need to take note of. And by we, I mean, Law enforcement leadership, they really need to take note of it. And you, you talk, man, you know, the thing that took that I took away from the interview was Erica's talk about making police careers in tours. And since having this conversation, I've really thought about it a lot. And it, it just makes so much sense to me. I guarantee you, and I still do, you take anybody that has left the job, not not got fired, not retired, but left the job. I guarantee you the shocking majority will be between five and 10 years. You'll have some outliers and maybe some people that maybe get to like 11 or 12 or so. But for the most part, the average is going to be the five to 10 year range. So I feel like, you know, and depending on where you work and, and what you do when you're at work, Uh, You know, that'll kind of depend on where you fall in that bell curve. But I guarantee you that if you made it, so when you enroll in the police academy or when you make it, um, and you sign a five-year contract to be a police officer or whatever law enforcement officer in that jurisdiction, and then you 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 do your five years and then if you want to do some more you can sign up for another five years or if you don't if you you know what i've been there done that got the t-shirt i'm out and then you then you get out why you know everyone always talks about police being a paramilitary organization okay well why don't we take notes from the military let's stop treating it like a business where you have to be there for 20 some years to get your retirement no why don't we make it more subsidized in the government you know and and Yes, you go to the police academy, but you know what? Not everyone's built to be a road cop. Maybe instead you do like an AIT type thing in the military and you go to detective school, you go to uh, jump out school, whatever it might be, you know, like your, your jump out boy. I think this could work. I really do. I think this could work, guys. I, I think it's a great idea. To all the leadership and administration that listen to me, mull it over. I'd really like your intake on this. So if you guys really want to wow me and call me and give me some feedback i'd really love it because i think it's a great idea um i hopefully you guys like the simon cynic part that i put in there too that's gonna wrap up the episode today guys uh, you know we're, we're pretty much at an hour and a half hour hour uh, 45 something like that so we're gonna wrap it next week we have the trap king himself brad gilmore For another Street Cop Training collaboration. And we've got some special surprises along the way for next week's episode. Uh, We're playing a very special game. We are not doing Signal 3 next week. We're doing something special. So uh, definitely want to check that out. So I can't wait to see you guys in a week about that. And in the meantime, guys, if you want to check out Erica, you want to check out Tac Mobility, go to their website, tacmobility.org. And if you go to their shop, Something pretty cool Erica did for me. If you use the code at checkout TEN and the number eight T E N the number eight, you'll get fifteen percent off your order. So whatever you want, they've got some really cool T-shirts and stickers there, hoodies. Uh, check it out. Speaking of merchandise, I'm looking at some new products right now. The the think tank here at Ten Eight, which is me and Mrs. Ten Eight. Uh, we have some cool stuff coming. I'm super excited for it. I really am. I'm running it by people in my real world, uh, life that know about, uh, the 10, thing. they think it's sick. You guys are going to really like this new line of merchandise. And we're also going to re- be reprinting the chaser shirts and the goon shirts. And uh, I think we're going to do a chaser, um, tank top too. I think that's what we said we were going to do. So I'm, I'm excited guys. I really, I'm excited for it. Hopefully you guys like it. Uh, sometimes, you know, getting you guys to support the pages besides just liking is uh, it's like pulling teeth. I'll be honest. But still doing it, guys. I think there's more benefit than not. So hopefully you guys continue to support it. Rate, review, subscribe. It's so important that you guys rate it. Spotify now has rating. Apple does. And leave a review and then share it. The biggest thing you guys can do to help me out is share it. Tag the page. Just attach a link, something, just let people know it's out here. If they're podcast people, if they want to check it out, uh, I would really appreciate it. So all that being said, guys, that concludes our episode for today. We started with again, my buddy Brian doing my theme song. Awesome. As always also big ups to Dave from the Hey My Man podcast for doing the opening bumper as well. We're going to be speaking with him in a few weeks, talking about just policing in general. It's going to be great. Actually interviewing him tomorrow tomorrow. For a couple weeks from now. And then we had the song You Ain't Got Nothing. uh, Which is by Fabulous and Lil Wayne. And I think Joelle Santana is in it. a Rap song, whatever. Then we didn't do a a song out of the interview. Because I had to put in the the commercial. And Simon Sinek. And we didn't really need that bumper. And then we're going to wrap it up with anything. By the band With Confidence from Australia. And, uh, oh, I want to give a big shout-out to my family, my nieces and nephews. Uh, I've been away from home now five months in my new digs. And, uh, you know, I've seen them a lot during the holidays. I haven't seen them much in the month of January. But I know that they are listening to the show, and they are supporting me, and they are just waiting for the new merchandise to drop. So I want to give them all a shout-out. Special thanks to everybody for supporting me. We'll see you next time, friends. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Until next time, Ten eight out. I just
1: wish that I could feel anything. Take my skull and kick it in. Anything break me down and spit me out. Anything don't need everything, just want anything. Yeah, my head's got me in a real tangled mess, Did I just. I could feel anything. Take my skull and kick it in anything. Break me down and spin me out anything. Don't need everything, just want anything. Don't need affection or sympathy. Don't want to argue then disagree. Just wish that I could feel anything. Don't need everything, just want anything. Just don't know if my happiness is a farce It's so fucking I wish That I could feel anything, bring me down, and spin me out. Anything, dig my skull and kick it in. Anything, don't need everything, just want anything. I just wish that I could feel anything, dig my skull and kick it in. Anything, bring me down and spin me out. Anything, don't need everything, just want anything. Don't need affection or sympathy. Don't want